next door to the Valentine Lake Mega Mine, another gold mine in the works, and maybe another backroom deal with the Halibu First Nation. We speak with the latest mine developer. I'm Glenn Wheeler, and this is Mi'kmaq Matters, a podcast about Mi'kmaq people, politics, land, and water. Thank you for supporting Mi'kmaq Matters through Patreon or email funds transfer. Well, I'll The price of gold is at an all-time high, and the island of Newfoundland is in the eye of the storm. We've talked a lot here on Mi'kmaq Matters about the Marathon Gold proposed megamine at Valentine Lake. Immediately to the southwest, there's work on another mine. An Australian company hopes to cash in on the continuation of the same vein of gold that Marathon wants to mine. The Australian company is called Matador Mining Limited. Our guest this week is Keith Bowes, Matador's executive director. Keith Bowes tells us that Matador has between 10 and 15 people exploring right now near Isla Mort. Meanwhile, they'll be ready to file their environmental assessment application next year. And he says Matador has received lots of encouragement, in particular from the provincial government and the band councils of the two Mi'kmaq First Nations. There would be as many as five open pit mines in Matador's development. Added to the Valentine Lake Mega Mine, it would create a huge mine development corridor running half the length of the island. I spoke with Keith Bowes from Perth, Western Australia. Keith, uh, thanks for coming on the program. And let me ask you first about Matador Mining. Um, some people in Newfoundland will have heard of you, but some people um, have not. And I understand that the, the Cape Ray project, which we'll discuss, is your, this is your main project at this time. That's correct. So, um, so Matador Mining is an Australian listed company. So we're on the Australian Stock Exchange. Mm-hmm. Uh, our head office is based in Perth, which is in Western Australia. And you're right, the Cape Ray Gold Project in New Finland is in fact our only project that we have on our books. Mm-hmm. Um, and people often ask us, you know, why is an Australian company having a project all the way over in Canada, especially a gold project when there's theoretically so much gold in, uh, in Australia as well? And uh, I suppose it's a bit of an interesting one for us is that... Um, a couple of years ago, the group that I'm involved with, so not specifically Matador Mining, but the wider group that I'm involved in, um, had done a lot of work in Africa. And um, unfortunately, due to some uh, regime changes in Africa, government changes and all that kind of stuff, we got quite badly burnt in Africa and made the decision back in early 2018 that we would try and look for some projects in, I suppose, what you call first world jurisdictions, so mm-hmm. Australia, uh, Canada, uh, the US, uh, probably Europe and that kind of stuff. We came across to Canada, we did a lot of uh, reviews in terms of projects and all that kind of stuff and identified the Cape Ray project through um, an associate of ours. Um, really liked it. We thought there was a real good uh, synergy there in that at that point in time in early 2018, it was relatively easy or easier to raise money on the Australian Stock Exchange compared to the Toronto Stock Exchange for a resource company 
yet to try and get a project in Australia was relatively expensive. A lot of the projects that were up for sale, let's say, were expensive or had um, historical issues associated with them. Yet Canada had many more opportunities, a lot more available for us. So the synergy of getting a good project in Canada for relatively low cost combined with the ability to easily raise funds on the Australian Stock Exchange seemed like a really good uh, synergy to us. Obviously, the, the things have changed in the last couple of years. Uh, the resource has come or boom has come back into Canada, I believe. And there's a lot more uh, resource uh, activity in Canada at the moment. And that's represented in what we're seeing on this Toronto Stock Exchange at the moment. There's a lot of funds being raised for, uh, for resource projects at the moment on the PSX. Well, and, and maybe that's a, a good point where I can ask you about the uh, what's known as the Cape Ray Shear. Uh, and uh, you are neighbors with uh, Marathon Gold, which has a, a, um, a development that's more advanced to the northeast. And it seems uh, from my reading that the Cape Ray Shear is a part of the same, what, what, uh, the same geological formation. It seems like there's a, a vein that goes across the island of Newfoundland and you're on the, the, uh, the southwest uh, end and Marathon is towards the northeast. So you're, you're dealing with the same phenomenon, I guess, as, uh, as Marathon Gold. That's correct, yes. So the Cape Ray Shear itself runs, as you, as you said, from the south uh, west corner of the island, heading in a northeast direction up, and it goes through all the tenements that we uh, have pegged, as well as the Marathon stuff. And I believe even the Maritime, which is further north of Marathon, is also on the same shear zone. So we're all on the same area in the same geological setting. So there's a line of gold that uh, sort of crisscrosses the island of, of Newfoundland. Correct, and, uh, yes. So you were, um, so this summer in, we're now summer in Canada, so referring to summer here, you're, you're on the ground, uh, you have exploration going on as we speak, I understand. Uh, you have a camp correct, and, yes. people, and people drilling. And tell us about that. Is about you have about uh, thirteen people working uh, during the summer, or uh, what is what is the number at the moment? Yeah, so we're probably somewhere between ten and fifteen people. We rotate staff through the uh, th uh, through our camp, and we've also got a facility in Porterbask. So we have a flat there and a work area, an office, and all that in Porterbask. So the types of work we're doing at the moment. Um, on our tenement package, we've got drilling, as you've mentioned. So we have two drill rigs at the moment, uh, drilling uh, resource, doing resource drilling for us at the moment. We've also uh, planned this year to undertake a number of what we will call greenfield exploration programs. These are things like soils programs, soil sampling programs, uh, ground mag uh, magnetic surveys, mapping surveys, trenching work, and this kind of stuff. So um, at depending on where we are in the program, the number of people do, do fluctuate a little bit. So when we're full speed ahead with our field programs, our trenching and our drilling, we'll have our maximum number of people on it. But as the trenching programs and the field programs drop off and we just continue with the drilling towards the end of the year, then we'd see the number of people on site. Um, yes. So um, uh, reading uh, online, I see that you've already discovered uh, so many hundred thousand ounces of gold. Is it 500,000 ounces uh, you already have identified um, and averaging 2.3 grams per ton? Is that where you are at the moment? 
So our actual resource, our quoted resource at the moment is 840,000 ounces of gold. So that's how much resource we have in the ground. The 500,000 ounces that you refer to was the output from our scoping study, which is a scoping study is an Australian term. I think in Canada, they use more PEA, a preliminary economic assessment. So our scoping study is the equivalent of a PEA. And that's where we try and put a mining schedule around the resource that we have. And when we put a mining schedule in place, so that's an open cut operation or something like that, of that 840,000 ounces, approximately 500,000 ounces are mineable, i.e. we can economically recover 500,000 ounces from our deposits at the moment. So, and is that, is that enough uh, to make a mine feasible or do you have to find some more to, uh, to make the numbers work, to have an uh, operating mine? So it's a good start for us, let's say. And when we did do the preliminary economic assessment on it, it did show that we were very, very economic. However, that to us is only a starting point. We want to go and explore more. We want to find more gold. So we've got at least another two and potentially three years of exploration ahead of us before we would ever make a decision to mine. Our goal is to be in a position where we have one million ounces of mineable gold. So we have 500,000 now, so we would like to double that to a million ounces. And the reason why we want to do that is that we believe a project that has a 10-year life of mine, producing on average 100,000 ounces per year of gold, is a really solid project that we can easily finance and will be very, very economic for the company and for the shareholders. Hmm. So that's, that's what you're, uh, I mean, I guess you're probably... Um uh, some years away from um, from development because you're in the exploration phase uh, right now, and then you would have had to go through the environmental assessments, and it's quite an evolved process. So uh, you're you're at a much earlier stage than say uh, marathon, and um, would you know one issue that comes up in mining is whether you uh, you would have a conventional mill operation or heap leach. Would you know at this point uh, what the um, uh, what the decision would be there? We, we, we would go a conventional circuit. We're not looking at heap leaching at the moment. We would look at a conventional grind um, and leach process, a CIL circuit. That would be our, that's what we based our, our scoping study on. And we see no point in changing from that uh, option. We would just do, uh, we, we, we would continue with that concept. What might change a little bit is that in the initial study, we assumed a 1.2 million ton per annum throughput. That may get increased slightly as we go through the various study stages, just to ensure we hit that 100,000 ounces per annum of production that we want. Um, you mentioned environmental permitting and all that kind of stuff. We are actually very well advanced on that. Um, we're actually in a position to be able to submit our environmental impact statement next year. We have completed the majority of our baseline studies. We did um, some last year, completed them this year, and we will continue with uh, some of our monitoring work around surface water, groundwater, uh, through this year and into next year, and complete the desktop studies required. But we're actually in a position to submit our environmental impact statement uh, quarter three next year. Now, uh, you, you mentioned having done business in, uh, in, I think, West Africa and got uh, burned when, um, you know, governments changed. East Africa specifically, yeah. Oh, East, East Africa. Oh, East Africa, yeah. I see. Yeah. East Africa, um, yeah. And now, and now you're in Newfoundland. And um, what is it like doing business in, in Newfoundland? I, um, I know that um, uh, 
uh, mining companies seem to like do like to do business in Newfoundland because uh, the provincial government is supportive. Of course, the economy is not that good right now, so uh, the some um, resource uh, resources industry, I guess, is is welcome. So, what? Tell me about that and uh, what the working relationship is with the uh, the province of Newfoundland and Labrador. Yeah, I think I would support the comments about people liking to like working in Newfoundland. We've found it an exceptionally good jurisdiction in which to work. We've been very, very encouraged, not only by the interactions that we've had with the regulators and with the government, but also the local communities and First Nation groups and all that kind of stuff. We've found it a really good place to work. We've certainly felt a lot of support or received a lot of support from the various groups. Um, and I think there's actually... There's a paper that was put out by the Newfoundland and Labrador government um, a year or two ago called Mining 2030. And in that document, they outlined that their desire is to have five new mines operating by 2030. And um, I think they're looking to uh, Matador Mines, Cape Ray Project, to be one of those five mines. So we've been receiving a lot of great support uh, from the government, from the regulators, and as I said, from all the communities we're dealing with as well. Mm -hmm. It's been a really good experience for us so far. So in regulation, is it, um, uh, I know that, uh, well, we have federal and provincial uh, environmental assessment. So uh, I guess there are distinct processes. So your feeling uh, at this point is that um, you're not going to be bogged down in some regulatory uh, um, uh, labyrinthine process that will um, carry on and delay the project. We don't think so, and we've done a lot of work around this. I mean, because of the size of the project that we're proposing, we're actually required to have both provincial and federal um, uh, regulations in place, yes. approvals in place. Yes. So what we've done is that we've received guidelines from both the federal government and from the provincial government in terms of what are the environmental studies required and the environmental work required. And we have agreed with both of those parties that instead of submitting two separate reports, we would be able to put one report together that um, provides all the necessary information for each party. So we can then submit just one report to each party, which we hope will simplify the process for us and stop some of the red tape and all that kind of stuff. So we are already looking at some of the critical issues and uh, addressing those with the, with the federal and with the provincial governments. Uh, tell me about uh, your discussion with the First Nations, because, of course, one of the things in the environmental assessments is that you have to do engagement. Uh, resource companies have to do engagement with First Nations. And what, um, where, are you, where are you on that? Uh, you have Halibu, uh, one First Nation, and Meobegag is the other. Um, so have you had conversations, and do you know where they are on, um, on your project specifically? Yes, so I've had the opportunity to speak to the chiefs and band council of both those groups on a number of occasions. Um, I've had the opportunity to speak to the business development officer for the Halapu as well, in terms of what their uh, thoughts are regarding the project. Um, we did an open house for the Miaupapek uh, people late last year. Um, unfortunately, with COVID impacting our travel plans, um, it's making it a little more difficult this year for us to be able to do the meetings that we had planned. However, we are trying to arrange Zoom meetings with the various groups. We've been successful in having Zoom meetings with the local communities of Port Basque and Isla Mort, and we're hoping to be able to implement that as well with the First Nation groups. So far, all of the meetings that I've had have been very, very good with, with the First Nation groups. Um, I've been very impressed with their 
level of understanding of um, mining projects and what the potential benefits could be to the communities. And we've certainly discussed things like job opportunities, uh, business opportunities, education and training uh, for, the, uh, for the local people. Hmm. Now, there were, of course, whenever there's, uh, there's mining, there is a concern about, um, you know, it's the balancing of, uh, of economic development and, um, and uh, environmental impact. And uh, when you were, you were in, uh, you yourself were in uh, Newfoundland last, uh, last September, I think, uh, Keith, and you were in Port of Basque and Isle of Mort. And people there raised um, concerns about uh, impact on uh, there's caribou in the, in that area and moose. And um, so people who might be listening and might be concerned about uh, environmental impact, what would you, what would you say to them? What would you say to, to their concerns? So with regard to the caribou, obviously this was a big issue that was, um, that was raised with us last year in terms of how we're going to address that. And we've actually undertaken two caribou surveys with the support of a local uh, environmental company as well as one of the departments of uh, natural, so wildlife, I think it is, on, on, on the island. So we've actually undertaken some caribou surveys to understand where exactly the caribou uh, um, groups migrate down to. And I suppose in some way we are fortunate in that they don't move down quite as far as where our project is. So we don't see any impact of our project on the caribou um, habitat at this stage. So um, they don't seem to move into our area even during the uh, migratory phase. So from that side, we, you know, that's a good thing for us. We don't seem to have any impact on them. From a moose perspective, obviously, the question I do get asked a lot, and it was asked at those two meetings that you mentioned, the one at Isla Morton and the one at Port of Basque, how are we going to impact on the uh, on moose hunting and you know, the hunting season and that kind of stuff? And at the moment, um, well, as we've said, we're in an exploration phase and we've still got a number of years of exploration ahead of us before we start the mine. So at the moment, we've, we really do not have a lot of impact in terms of how that is happening. We're still, the roads that we have are still accessible. Uh, by the local communities to get to the various hunting areas and all that. We are having some discussions about a small bridge that we put in, a temporary bridge we put across the Isle of Mort in terms of the access across that. And we have agreed with the Department of Natural Resources that we will actually be blocking that bridge off to try and minimize uh, some of the movements of people across. But in general, we don't see in the next, in the near future significant impacts on any of those. Obviously when the mine's up and running, uh, that will be different. I mean, we'll, we'll have a large footprint area there with lighting and with heavy vehicles moving around and noise associated with it. So I think there would be a, uh, I suppose, like a buffer zone around the plant and the mining area where probably you won't find a lot. And we'll have to have a look at how we're going to mitigate that as we go forward. Yes. And what would what would be the development uh, area? I know Marathon is quite a, is quite a large area. It's 10, 10 kilometers by 20 kilometers uh, uh, I think your development area is somewhat smaller than uh, the marathon. That's correct. What we've done as part of that PEA work, we did some initial layouts in terms of the size of the area that we, um, that, that we expect to locate all of our facilities, including our plant, um, the buildings, the tailings facilities, and those types of things, as well as the open pit. So what we would see for our operation is that marathon itself has one, maybe two very large pits, and a central processing facility. Our project's a little bit different in that we would see multiple pits. 
So when we talk about our project, we talk about Central Zone, which is very close to where our existing camp is. And then on the other side of the river, we have uh, Window Glass Hill about two kilometers away and potentially another deposit about seven kilometers north of the existing uh, camp area called Isla Mort. Now those would be satellite pits that would operate and then would then truck the ore from those pits down to the central processing facility. The actual area which the central processing facility will sit in will be something probably like about maybe four kilometers by three kilometers, including the tailings uh, management facility area. So a little bit smaller than what you're seeing with, uh, uh, with the marathon operation. Right, and I just lost count there. How many, how many uh, open pits uh, will you have in your development? Uh, there'll be a total, so there'll be one at Window Glass Hill, there'll be one at Isla Mort, and Central Zone itself, which is where the majority of our gold is, there'll be three of them, but they'll be relatively close to each other, so it'll be one mining area, but with three pits contained within it. So there'll be five pits total at this stage. Obviously, as I did mention, we have got a large focus over the next couple of years on exploration, and if we were to identify another deposit, then that would then become another pit associated with, with the mine as well. Keith Bowes, Executive Director of Matador Mining Limited. We contacted Halibu First Nation requesting information on their discussions with Matador. We received no response. Allison Baker is the producer of Megamon Matters. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter for the latest Megamon news and views. I'm Glenn Wheeler, Nemaltus.